The words from that song that we just heard uh, sung to us were these words. Speak, O Lord. The words that we just heard were these words. Speak, O Lord. And my question to you this morning is this. Do you actually believe that? Do you actually believe that the Lord God, the creator of the universe, who made this world with His words, do you believe that He will speak to you this morning? Have you come here this morning expecting that the Lord God, the Creator of the universe, who spoke this world into being, have you come here this morning expecting that He will speak to you? Have you come here this morning anticipating that the Creator of this world will speak to you, to your heart and to your life where you are at right now this morning? Because that is our belief as Christians. That the Lord would speak to us through His Word. We hear in, in 2 Timothy, it says this to us. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. We believe that the Word of God, all of God's Word, is breathed out by God. That word is breathed out by God to us to fill our souls. We believe that through this very word that God is going to speak to us. So I have a confession this morning. I'm supposed to continue on with Colossians. That's what I'm meant to be doing. But then I read this article... I read it while I was on my break. That's what I do when I'm on my break. I read articles about listening to sermons. And I read this article uh, by Christopher Ash. He made some good points about how we should listen to sermons. And I thought to myself, I don't think I have ever been properly instructed as to what I am doing in this moment when I'm listening to a sermon. I don't think anybody has ever taught me how to say that, how to do that. And you would say to me, well, of course no one has taught you how to do it. One, because it's a very boring topic. And two, because we should already know how to listen. Because all of us are listening all the time, aren't we? We're always listening to music. We're always listening to people in conversation. We're always watching TV and listening to what is said to us in TV. So then we presume upon ourselves that we are expert listeners. But here's the thing. The type of listening that you will do this morning and the type of listening that you do whenever the Word of God is preached, that type of listening is a type of listening that doesn't happen anywhere else in the world. It is a completely different type of listening. And let me tell you why it is a different type of listening. Because what we believe is that God through His Word has spoken to us. And in speaking to us, He takes His preacher, 
He comes through His Word to His preacher, to His people. And His people respond by hearing that Word and giving it back to Him in praise. So what that means is in this moment, it is actually a supernatural moment that God is speaking to us through His preacher to His people and it goes back to God in praise. In other words, it comes from God, goes to God and back to God. It is all about God. So this morning, you didn't primarily come here, although you may have primarily come here. We didn't primarily come here to speak to one another, though we will do that. And that is part of fellowship. The reason we should primarily come here is to hear God speak to us. That is what we should want. That is what our desire should be. Not that I speak to others. Not that I just get concerned about who spoke to me and who didn't. Your primary concern this morning should be this. Did God speak to me? And I desire that God would speak to you this morning. So how are we going to prepare ourselves to hear God's word and God speak? In the coming weeks, as we go through the book of Colossians, how are we going to prepare ourselves and equip ourselves to listen properly to the Word of God? So what I'm going to do this morning is quite different. I'm not going to take one passage and walk through it. I'm going to talk about various different verses that I think could help us in the worship of listening. So the first point I want to make is this. In our preparation for listening to God's Word, is we should prepare to hear God speak. We should prepare to hear God speak to us. This is what I believe everybody in the planet actually wants to happen. Everybody wants God to speak to them. Even the, even the atheist who, who obviously you would think wouldn't want God to speak to him because he doesn't believe that God speaks because he doesn't believe that God exists. The atheist would still say to me, if God does exist, let him speak to me. Even the agnostic who doesn't really care either way whether God exists. Every time I talk to an agnostic, they would say, well, if he would speak to me, then I would know he exists. Everybody in this planet wants God to speak to them. And so it should be for the believer. We should come here every Sunday morning and we should come every Friday night wanting and desiring and pleading that God would speak to us. This is what the believer should want. And the reason the believer should want it is this. It says this in 1 Peter 4 verse 11. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God of God. That is an instruction to me. Whoever is to speak and whoever is to teach is to do it as one who is speaking the very words of God. And people would say to me, well, well, that's an arrogant thing to say, that you could say that you are actually speaking the very words of God. But it is not an arrogant thing to say if I do my job properly. Because my job simply is this, to stay so attached to this word that everything that I am saying is actually just what is in here. And so then I can speak with a certain sense of authority knowing that when I am speaking to you, I am speaking the very words of God. And for me, I take this as a very weighty and big matter. 
Do you know why? There's a verse that I want to read to you. And it's a verse that I almost read every week. And it is a verse that sometimes stops me from sleeping at night. It is this. James 3.1 Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers. For you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. Not many of you should teach. Because we know that this is a serious task. If we believe what it says in Peter, it is this. I am to speak as though I am speaking God's word to you. That is a very weighty task. And for that I will be judged even more strictly. And so what does that say to you as the listener? How are you then to listen? If I am to speak in that way as one who is speaking the very words of God, how then you should you listen? You should listen as one who is listening to the very words of God. If we are preparing to hear God speak, then we should also prepare, number two, by praying. We should prepare ourselves to hear God's word by praying that God would speak. Often people would come to me, you know, and they would say, I don't feel that God is speaking to me anymore. I just don't hear Him. I, I don't feel that He is speaking to any, me anymore. I don't feel that He's talking to me anymore. And usually what they're talking about is this idea of them going into a quiet room and sitting down and hoping that God would speak to them. And they're really genuine and they're crying out and they want God to speak to them. And so I say to them this, do you go to church? And they say, yes. And then I say, well, do you ask God to speak to you there? Because that's the whole point of us gathering here. You're not gathered here to hear me give a talk. If I am to speak the very words of God, that means I am not giving a lecture. I am not giving a presentation. I am not giving a nice little talk to you. I'm speaking the very words of God to you. And so one of the ways we prepare to hear the word of God is by praying that God would speak to us on a Sunday morning. And James, when he's talking to them about fighting, in James 4, he says to them this, uh, after his rebuke, he says in James 4, verse 2, you do not have because you do not ask. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. You do not have because you do not ask. This is one of the reasons I don't think many of us even hear God speak or feel God speak because you're not asking. How many of you before you came in here this morning asked God to speak to you? Did you ask Him to speak to you? Did you prepare your heart for God to say something to you? Because we should be desperate that He would speak to us. We're not playing games. This is eternity, and this does matter. So I would challenge you, prepare by praying. Pray before you come in on Sunday mornings that God would speak to you. Pray for me on Sunday mornings, that God would prepare my heart and, and prepare me during the week as I study deeply His Word, because this is hard work. 
pray for me. And pray for others in this room. Pray that everybody in this room would hear God's word spoken to them. Pray for the little children that are coloring right now. Pray that one day as they color, they would lift up their eyes and they might see something of the wonder of God. And even at that age, they might hear this word and their hearts might be changed. Wouldn't it be wonderful for those that are holding coloring pencils to hear his word and their lives be changed? Let's pray that. Let's ask God to do that. And I believe He will. Number three. Not only prepare by praying, but prepare by reading. We are called in the Scriptures to not only read the Word, but meditate on the Word. Psalm 1, verses 1 to 2 says this, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. There's another struggle that many people have. And it is this, just simply reading God's Word. Have you ever struggled in that? Reading God's Word on a daily basis. Meditating on God's Word. And so sometimes people will come to me and say, well, what do I do? Here's what I always say. Start again. Oh, I've stopped reading God's Word. What do I do? Start again. Start reading again. Who cares about that plan that you failed in Leviticus doing? Tear it up and start again. And where should you start? I've got an idea for you. Next week, I'm starting in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. Start there. Prepare yourself to hear God's Word by reading it. We're near the end of Colossians, so you know I'm going to be going through Colossians chapter 3 and then, and then into chapter 4, and that's, that's the way we're going to go. And on Friday... If you feel like that's not enough to start reading there, just small little bits. On Friday, we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 12. So prepare yourself there by reading beforehand. And then as you read, pray that God would speak to you. Number four, prepare to listen actively and not passively. Prepare to listen to God's word actively and not passively. You see, I think a lot of our listening is passive listening. It's not active listening. A lot of our listening is kind of TV watching listening. We, we sit down and we just expect it to come to us. This is why I've been so worried for the church when we actually gather back together again because we've been kind of watching church like we watch TV. We haven't been engaged in it. We've just been sitting back and just letting it flow in and flow over us. Whereas we should be active listeners. And what does that mean for us? Well, I was talking with two young fellows before about this. And they were telling me openly and honestly how they struggled in listening to sermons. And so I told them, that's probably my fault. Maybe they're giving me a hint, I don't know. But I gave them this advice. Why don't you take notes. See, it's bad stewardship of your time if you just sit here for 40 minutes and and don't try and actively engage. And so I asked them, I said, well, why don't you take notes? 
And then the two of them went off and they tried it. And for one guy, it was like it changed his life. For the other guy, he said, actually, it was really distracting trying to take an oath. I couldn't listen. And so that, what that means probably for the two of them is for both of them to listen actively, it probably means doing different things. For one person, it meant taking notes. For the other person, it meant reading the word and actually underlining it as he went. But whatever way it is for you, we should be tuning our ears in to listen actively to God's word. And I'm not going to tell you and prescribe to you what way you should do that. You should come in ready to do that. Number five, prepare to listen in different ways. Many people would ignore this point, but I think it's actually quite an important point that we prepare to listen in different ways. Why? Because God has given us His Word and His Word is rich and there's different types of genres in His Word. What I mean by that is there is poetry, there is narrative, there is letters and they, are, they sound different. And so what you will have noticed, if you you remember back to when I was preaching in Ruth, you will notice that Ruth sounds different to Colossians. And the reason Ruth sounds different or is preached different to Colossians is because Ruth is a narrative with characters and stories and plot lines. And then Colossians is like this this wonderful argument. And so what you will see happening as I preach and as I teach in Ruth, I'll probably take a big chapter. But in Colossians, I'll probably take two or three verses. And so what people wrongly do is they only think that true teaching is when you take just two little verses and you break it all down. Well, I think you should do that for some books. But then for other books, you will, you will take bigger chunks. And so what you need to do is to prepare yourself to listen to those books differently. And I guarantee you this, some of you will err towards the bigger picture. You want the bigger picture and the story. And some of you will want to know what each and every word looks like and means. And so as you're listening, prepare to listen in different ways. Number six, how many points does he have? We'll see. I figured the only way I'd get away with this many points is when I'm doing a sermon on listening. Number six, prepare to hear difficult and uncomfortable truths. Prepare to hear difficult and uncomfortable truths. Paul says this charge to Timothy. I charge you, to Timothy he says this, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus who is the judge of the living and the dead. And by His appearing and His kingdom, preach the Word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort, and complete and with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and desires. And will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Timothy is given this one charge. And this is a charge I feel like, like, like Paul is giving every teacher. It is simply this. Preach the word. Can I guarantee you something? I will fail you in many ways. I will fail this church in many ways. I know that. Do you know why I know that? Because I fail my family in many ways. And so I'm probably going to fail you in many ways too. But the thing I do not want to fail, God help me if I ever fail on this, 
we will always, always preach the Word. I will fail you in other things, and I guarantee you I'll annoy you. My disorganization, man, that's going to bug you. But I pray that you will always hear the Word preached. And if I am to do that faithfully, then that means, according to this passage, there are going to be times of reproof, rebuke, exhortation. There are going to be times where it is going to cut deep. I was listening to a gospel preacher, a gospel preacher whom I love, but I disagreed with him on this point. He was saying that, that when people leave, I want them, them, them leaving, you know, floating in the gospel and the great glory of the gospel. And I do want that for people. But sometimes I think as we preach the gospel, what is going to happen to our hearts is sometimes we need to be cut to the heart. And sometimes a rebuke is going to feel like a rebuke. It's not going to feel nice all the time. So what you should be saying to the preacher is this. Don't tell me what I want to hear. Tell me what I need to hear. Tell me what God wants me to hear. I don't care about you, preacher. I care about Him. And so my job really, as I seek to bring the food of God's Word to you, my job is kind of like a waiter. I just come in, I walk to the table, and I need to get out of the way. I put the plate down and I walk away. You eat and you enjoy and, and you, you, you feast on the Word of God. But if I get in the way, and sometimes to my shame I have, I don't want to get in the way anymore. You know those annoying waiters, don't you? They just keep talking to you and, and get in your way. You don't want that. Just give me the food and go away. What we want, God's word spoken to us, and sometimes that will mean difficult truths. Number seven, prepare to be an example. Prepare to be an example of one who is listening to God's word. What I mean by that is this. Many times in the scripture, God's people are, are, are spoken of as examples. Paul speaks of himself as an example. In 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1, he says this, Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. And then in Philippians 3 verse 17, he says this, Join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. In other words, follow me as an example, follow others as an example. So what does that mean? We're meant to look for examples in the church. And also, what does that mean for us? We are probably going to be examples in the church. So if we are believers, maybe, maybe older believers or more experienced believers, there's always someone younger than us. And we are being an example to them in how we listen. And what I mean by that is this. I remember when I was younger, you know, and um, I'm kind of glad dad's not here this morning. He might listen afterwards, so we'll see. But I remember when I was younger, there, there, was, there was a valuable lesson that I learned as a young child. So the, the children should probably look at me now, and if there's teenagers, you should probably look at me now. There's a valuable lesson that I learned, and it was this. When I was younger, when it came to Sunday morning, here was the lesson I learned. You don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. That's what my dad taught me. When it came to Sunday morning, for an hour and a half on Sunday morning, can you imagine that? I had an hour and a half where I did not have a choice. 
And I had to go there every Sunday. And guess what? I was the only child there. Right literally up until I was kind of 18. It's the only one there. I didn't have a choice. And I remember I didn't really listen to any of the sermons. I did not listen to the guy up front. I cannot tell you one of the sermons. I cannot tell you about any of them. I did not. I was not looking at the man up front. But I was looking at the man next to me. I did look at him. I did look at what he did. And I can tell you, I can tell you without doubt all his patterns on a Sunday morning. I know exactly what he's going to do. I know where he's going to sit. I know the way he's going to sit. I know when he stands up, when they start this hymn, they start with an intro. And he would usually hum it to himself before he started singing. I remember when he would sit down and listen to the sermon. It would be like the steely look on on his face. And I never knew if he was really listening, but it looked like he was. And then after you take the Lord's table, he would come and he would sit down and he'd put his hands in his head and close his eyes and he'd pray and nothing could interrupt him at that moment. Believe me, I tried. I poked him and I prodded him and he kept his eyes closed the whole time. Now let me tell you something. That did not save me, but that did tell me something. That this Sunday morning is important to him and therefore it should be important to me. And so in that way, he was an example to me. And you are all going to be examples to all those little eyes and little ears in this room. How you listen and how you approach this morning is going to affect how they do the same. And even if you don't have children, guess what? Children look up to other older, younger um, boys and girls and how they would listen. Number eight, prepare by being rested. What is the most important day of the week for you? What is, what is the most important day of the week for many people? What is the first day of the week for many people? It's Monday, isn't it? It's the first day of the week. That's the day I really need to get ready, isn't it? That's the day I need to get all the school bags ready and packed at night and prepare like an hour in advance before we go to bed. That's the time I need to get ready for work and make sure my clothes are out and all that stuff. That's the time I need to go to bed early and make sure I eat right and and all that kind of stuff. That for many of us is the first day of the week. That is the day that we treat as most important, more important than any other day. Monday ends up being our first day of the week. But for the early church, you know what the first day of the week for them was? The first day of the week for them was Sunday morning. In John, in John 20, verse 1, it says this, Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. They called it the first day of the week. Why? Because on that day, the Lord had risen from the grave. He had defeated sin and death. They saw that as the primary day for them to worship. And so they decided that from that point on, they would gather on a Sunday because it was that day that He rose again from the dead. So, so, so my question is, do we prepare for this day in the way that we prepare for Monday? Do we say things like, I should go to bed early because I have church in the morning? Do we prepare ourselves for church in the morning? What that might mean is when the next Netflix kind of countdown timer starts coming, maybe you just turn it off instead of waiting for it to come down to the end. 
Maybe, maybe you just prepare yourself and, and get yourself ready and, and make sure that we are well rested. And you know what? Just the point of realism. Sometimes it's not going to happen, right? Just like sometimes it doesn't happen for you to get well rested before work. Sometimes it won't happen. Sometimes it doesn't happen to, for me even when I'm preaching. But man, we should make more of an effort to prepare to hear God's word. Because I tell you what, if you went to bed at 3 o'clock in the morning, you're not going to be listening too well at 11, are you? Let's prepare to hear God's word by being rested. Number nine, nearly there, I promise you. Number nine, prepare to study what is said. Prepare to study what is said. When Paul and Silas got to Berea, it says this in Acts 17 verse 10. The brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. Now these Jews were more noble than those at Thessalonica. Listen to this. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. So Paul and Silas went to Berea, they went to the synagogue, they went to preach God's word. And how did the people at Berea receive God's word? They received it with eagerness. Is that how you come to church? Receiving the word with eagerness. Do you know, do you know when I'm preparing myself to eat a steak, and I know I'm going to a place where I'm going to eat a good steak, I am eager I want it to come to me. And I'm preparing myself eagerly to receive this food. And that's physical food. How much more should we prepare for spiritual food? Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. That is how we're to prepare ourselves. I don't care about bread. I care about this word primarily. It is more important to me than food itself. That's how we should prepare. And what did they do daily? They examined the Word. They studied the Word daily to make sure that what was said to them was accurate according to the Word. And so that's how you should prepare. Studying, getting yourself ready. And how do you study and get yourself ready? Well, you know already next week, chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. Prepare yourself. And afterwards, study it afterwards. You will have this video online. Why not go back and listen to it? I mean, what was point number four? I don't even know. But you could go back and listen and and figure out and study and examine and, and let us go deep. We should not hover over the surface of the Scripture. We should go deep together. Can you imagine? Can you imagine how much you would grow if you took every single one of these moments seriously? We are about to finish the book of Colossians. You would finish the book of Colossians and you would have a real knowledge of that. We're about to finish the book of Hebrews. You would finish the book of Hebrews and have a real deep knowledge of that and what God is saying to you. And so far already in passage, we have finished the gospel of Mark, the gospel of Matthew, or gospel of Mark, gospel of John, and Genesis. And and Ruth, that's six books. What does that mean? We've got 60 left. And that's the plan. One at a time. And you know what's going to happen? One of us is going to die before that ends. At least we'll die trying. Right? 
If you die, I keep going. If I die, you just tell the guy who comes. This is how we do it. Take a book and tell us. Just keep going in God's word. Lastly, point 10. I've always wanted to say that and get away with it. Prepare to do what is said. Don't just prepare to study what is said. You know, I have, I have been in Bible college. I've done a master's. I've done, done different types of studies. I'm in di- a different type of studies right now. And I have seen guys who have studied and studied and studied and studied. And they've studied so well. But I've also seen them not desire to do. And may this never be here. May we never be those kind of spiritual nerds who just study the Word and do nothing with it. And never want that to happen with us. Let us prepare not to just study what it says, but do what it said. And so there's a verse for me. I not only read James 3 verse 1, but I also read almost weekly Ezra 7 verse 10. It says this to me. Ezra did this. For Ezra had set his heart to study the law of the Lord, to do it, and to teach its statutes to God's people. You see the pattern there? As Ezra was trying to bring God's people back to the Word, these are the three things he sought to do. Study it, do it, and teach it. Ezra 7.10. Study, do, and teach. And that is my prayer each week. Lord, I want to study your Word. But Lord, I also want to do your Word. May it never be the case that I just study it and never seek to do it. And so that is my verse, but what is yours? Let me share your verse to you. James chapter 1 verse 22. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. You see, you can deceive yourself this morning. You can say, oh God, I did such a good job. Imagine that. I sat down there for 40 minutes while he went through 10 points. I mean, God, that's surely worth something. And then I've given you an hour and a half of my whole week. I've given you an hour and a half. Surely that's good enough, God. No, what this hour and a half does What this 40 minutes should do to you is fuel you for the rest of your week that you will live for Him and Him only. This is not it for your Christianity. If this is it for your Christianity, this time you're not following Christ. We are to hear the Word and do it. If we only hear the Word in this 40 minutes and then leave, we're deceiving ourselves. Let that never be the case with us and so that's the last point so what I'd ask you to do is don't go away just hearing this and deceiving yourself go away and let's seek to do it and practice it let us get ready and prepare ourselves for next week Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 to 4 and I think what we should do is um Actually, go back and listen to the words of uh, Speak, O Lord. So let's actually go back to that song, if that's okay. Um, Speak, O Lord, and we'll finish um, with that.